Lord, we love you. Lord, we just praise you and worship you, Lord God. We just thank you, Lord, for the privilege of coming together this morning. The privilege of gathering around the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name, the name that's higher than every name, and the only name that saves, Lord. So, Lord, we just love you. And, Lord, I just thank you for your word this morning, and I thank you for the mighty Holy Ghost revealing your word to us this morning. And I thank you we will never be the same again. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. You know, I was here, I can't remember when it was. It was a few months maybe back. And I taught a message um, called Catching Fish and Feeding Lambs, if any has remembered. And what I, what I was sharing on was um, the Great Commission, really. The Great Commission is to reach the lost. Amen. That's the fish. And then we are to teach those who get saved. And so that's what church is all about. Church is about being taught. So that's why we gather together on a Sunday morning. That's why we always open up the Word of God when we come to church. Is because believers need to be taught. The unsaved need to be reached. Okay? The unsaved need to hear the simple message of the gospel. But believers need to get taught and find out who they are in Christ Jesus and find out all of the wonderful things that God has done for us. And so the Word of God becomes a real treasure for us. You know, I was talking to a man actually the other night, and he's not long saved, and he said to me, I'm just reading the Bible. He says, it's just feeding me. I'm just coming alive just reading the Bible. And I says, that's, see, that's the difference. I says, when you get saved, this book becomes alive to you. It's living. It's our daily bread. And um, Job said that he desired the Word of God more than his necessary food. So you get a real hunger for God's Word. That's why his newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that they may well grow thereby. When you get saved, your spirit gets saved, but your mind doesn't. That's why we often say if you're stupid before you get saved, you're stupid after you get saved because your mind didn't change. Amen? And your body didn't change either. You know what? If you're small, you're still small. If you're tall, you're still small. If you're ugly, you're still ugly. <laughs> if you're beautiful, you're still beautiful. But you know what? It's because the body doesn't change. What changes is the spirit. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. But then you go to church. Why? To start renewing your mind. And as you start renewing your mind, as you think, the Bible says, you become. And you start to become your thoughts. And as you renew your mind, you start getting a different perspective and your life starts to change outwardly. And so that's why the Word of God is so, so important. So we catch fish, but we feed sheep. And that's what the, uh, the Great Commission is all about. And it hasn't changed. Thank God it hasn't changed, and we're still doing the same things as believers. And that's why we should never get distracted off of our mission as believers. Now, the last time I was talking, I talked more along the lines of finance, and I talked about how that, you know, God has provision for reaching the, the, the lost. I remember I talked about um, um, when Peter, when they had that great catch of fish, that provision, what was it for? I'll make you fishers of men. That was the, what was seen in, in all of that story. Then at the end of Jesus' ministry, just before, before he went back to heaven, actually after the resurrection, when there was another catch of fish, um, and that was showing God's provision again, that Jesus said to Peter to feed my sheep and to feed my lambs. That's what provision is for, because that is our cause. And God prospers us in order to advance His cause in the earth. And that is to reach the unsaved and then to do church. And thank God for church. Thank God for a local church in this area. And I'm telling you, when you give into this church, you are helping advance the move of God in this area. Praise God for that. Amen. Now, I want to continue along that um, train of, of thought today. And I just want to, I want to look at actually soul winning and uh, training up the body of Christ and things along those lines. And the message, what I've called the message today is there's many in the city. Praise God. There's many in this area here who need Jesus. And we need to stay focused on our mission. 
Now, for a lot of this year and other places where I've been ministering, I've been talking along the lines of um, a church that is awake and revived. And you know what? As a, as a church, we need to be awake. We don't need to be asleep. The Bible tells us to be awake. Now, when it talks about people being asleep over in Ephesians, it talks about them being asleep among the dead, okay? Now, when it talks about the dead, it's talking about people who do not know Jesus. It doesn't mean to say that they're physically dead. It means they're separated from God in their spirit. They haven't experienced that salvation. So it was just before any of us got saved, the Bible said that we were dead in trespasses and sins, okay? We were dead in sin before we got saved. The good news is, is when you get saved, you're not dead in sin any longer. You're dead to it. Amen? Which means you have been free from that sin debt and that hold that sin had over your life. Once you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you're not dead in sin. You're dead to it. That means you are free. Amen? But you know what? We can be dead, or we can be asleep. How many of you know when you're asleep, you look like you're dead? You know, some people sleep, and I'm not joking. I've preached sometimes, and I thought people were dead. You know, you look at them, and they're, they're, they've actually fallen asleep, but they look like they're dead, and you think, oh, Lord, it's going to be one of them services, is it? <laughs> like this. <laughs> they look like your man or the men in black. You know, and they've fallen asleep like that. And you're looking and you're thinking, are they alive or are they dead? And you're looking to see, is there going to be any twitches or move? They haven't moved in 20 minutes. Yeah? That's yeah, just you. <laughs> That's just the way falling asleep. <laughs> but you know what? When, when people are asleep, they can look like they're dead, but they're not. They're, they're awake. Let me tell you, when you're saved, you are alive on the inside. But when it talks about being asleep among the dead, what it means is that you can be acting just like the world. It doesn't mean that you're, you've nodded off. It means that you're, instead of being on fire for Jesus, you've lost that fire. You maybe were hot and now you're lukewarm. And, and you just blend into the world and you don't stand out. And so people can't see Jesus in your life. It's just like when you go to sleep at night, okay? You're in a reality when you're awake, okay? This is reality now. We're all awake, thank God. Amen. <laughs> I'll start preaching loud and banging the pulpit. Anybody falls asleep. But, <laughs> but we're all awake now. This is what we would call our physical reality, okay? But when you go to sleep, you go into another reality if you're a dreamer. But your body is still. But your mind is going a dinger. You're like the hamster on the wheel. You're going full throttle in here. You could be in an airplane. You know what? You could be hand laden. You could be in a fight. You know what? You could be winning the lottery. You could be doing a bunch of different things. Then sometimes we go back in the past. You ever dream dreams and you see your mom or your dad and you see them when they were younger? Am I a weirdo? <laughs> From my dad passed away. My dad passed away three years ago. There's hardly a night goes by. I don't dream about him. And I dream about him at all different ages. And it's really strange. But you know what? I'm not there. I'm there in here. What I'm saying is there's two realities, sir, that's happening. Do you know when the Bible talks about us as being asleep, it doesn't mean that we're not active. It just means instead of us being awake to the things of God, we've actually become asleep to the things of God, and we're more awake again to the world. So we're asleep among the dead. We just blend into the world. We do the same things. We, we talk the same. You know, everything about our life, we don't stand out. But as a believer, you're not called to blend in. You are called to stand out. We're not called to be weird. But we are called to make a difference. Our lives should radiate something. There should be something in our lives that's different. There should be something in our talk that is different. 
There should be something in our mannerisms that's different. There should be something in the places that we go that is different. There should be just something about our lives. When people start talking to us, it shouldn't take them very long to realize that we are awake to something. Now, I know a lot of people talk in our generation about being woke. I'm woke, but not to the culture. I'm fully woke. We need to be woke to the things of God. Everybody's woke to something. I know they use that terminology, woke. And woke just means that, you know what, anything that's going in society, you're there with it. Well, let me tell you, we're not woke to the culture of this world. You're meant to be woke to the culture of the kingdom of God. Amen? See, if you're awake to the culture of this world, you are asleep to the things of God. But I'm telling you, I'm woke to the things of God, and I am woke, but I'm asleep to that culture. But that doesn't mean to say I don't, that I isolate myself from the people who are in it. Because when you're awake, you're meant to be around people. You're meant to live your life. Jesus didn't take us out of this world. He kept us in this world. But why did He keep us in this world? He kept us in this world to make a difference in this world. And the Bible says that you are the light of the world. It tells us two things. You are the salt of the earth. Now, salt does several different things, like it flavors, you know, it, it preserves. Another thing salt does is salt destroys. We are a destroying factor everywhere we go. When people come out with woke in the culture, ideologies, let me tell you, we have a different response. Because we can talk about things we can talk about things from a completely different angle because we are the salt of the earth. We are a preservative. And here's another wonderful thing about salt is salt makes you thirsty. And so we should make people thirsty for Jesus. Now, when the Bible tells us about being salt over in the book of Colossians, it tells us to walk in wisdom towards those who are without. And when it talks about those who are without, it's talking about the unsaved. They're not part of the body of Christ, but they can be. That's why we are to go as the light of the world, because we want people to be saved, because Jesus died for people, and it should be our heart to see people saved. Amen? So we go and we reach those who are without, but you notice the Bible says, walk in wisdom towards those who are without. Here's where a lot of people get it wrong. A lot of people think when the Bible tells us that we are to be the salt of the earth, People just go and they just put a ton of salt on people. And they poison them. <laughs> Some Christians are more interested in winning the argument than they are in winning the person. It is not about going and winning the argument. It is not about going and fighting with people. The gospel is not about going and fighting with people. It is not about bashing somebody over the head with the gospel. That's not what it's about. It's not about being a Bible basher. It's not about chasing somebody down the street with a track. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. They'll be saying, I'm, a go I'm glad to go anywhere to get rid of you. <laughs> That's not what it's about. It's not about Bible bashing people. You know, as believers, we need to use wisdom when it comes to reaching the unsaved. And so the Bible goes on there to say, it says um, that we are to always have our conversation, always have our talk with people, our communication with people, let it always be with grace. So when you minister to people, are you coming condemning people are you coming with the good news of the gospel that God loves you and Jesus died for you and that He is not holding your sin against you because Jesus paid for your sin? Yes, sin is wrong, but Jesus paid the ultimate price for the sin of the world. 
When we reach people, do people understand the grace of God or did they just get a slap up the head by a baseball bat and just hold all of the wrong things that they're doing in their life? Do you know the gospel is not telling everybody everything that's wrong in their lives? The gospel is telling them about a Jesus who died for them, who loves them, who paid the price for them. Are they overwhelmed with the unconditional love of God? Are they overwhelmed with grace that is unmerited favor? Or did they just get their lifestyle bashed? Amen? Does that mean we compromise? Does that mean that we water down the truth? Does that mean that we start, you know what, um, taking what God's Word says and try and fit it into society, start throwing stuff out? Absolutely not, because we are the salt of the earth. The Bible tells us that you are to season with salt. Do you know what season means? Do you ever, eat, do you ever get something to eat and you know what, when it comes to salt, if you season it right, it, it's, 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 there's a flavor that comes off it, and you know what, and you can take it. If you put a ton of salt on, do you know what happens? You can't even eat it. And that's the way many times, unfortunately, some Christians are. They poison people. All they talk about is politics. All they talk about is the culture. All they talk about is homosexuality. All they talk about is LGBTQ and all of that. And the list goes on and on, Ariston, the on and on. I don't know how long that thing goes. All they talk about is all of them things. Do I stand for them? No, I stand for what the Word says. I believe a man is a man, a woman's a woman. I believe in marriage. I believe in those things. Amen. I do not compromise that, and I will not compromise it for anybody. But I need to be able to reach my generation. So I can, if you, see, if you, if you walk in the love of God for people, the love of God gives you access to a lot of people. There's a lot of people who don't want to hear anything. But the love of God gives you access. When people know you love them, truly love them, you're not there to fight with them. You're not there... Let me go again round two on what a woman is. Let me go again round two on what a man is, what marriage is. When they know you love them, you, it opens up the door. If somebody asks me, what do, I, what do I believe marriage is? I won't miss a beat. I know what marriage is because I read the Word of God. I let God define it for me. Amen. But I can turn around and say to someone, I, I believe what the Word of God says. Oh, but Jesus didn't say anything about um, these lifestyles and all. Yes, He did. Jesus said, it is as from the beginning, as a male and a female, it was marriage. So don't fall for all of that rubbish in our generation. Jesus told us exactly what marriage is. But you know what? I can talk to anybody and I can have my hand out and shake hands with them and meet them on a human level and love people. And if someone says to me, Paul, do you believe in this? I can tell them, well, here's the thing. I do believe in that. I, or I believe in marriage. I do believe in it. Here's what I believe about marriage. But here's the reality of it. If I didn't have Jesus, where would I be? If I didn't have Jesus, what ideas would be in my head? If I didn't have the Word of God as my um, compass, as my north star, as my foundation, what would I be believing? And here's the thing, God loves every individual, and Jesus didn't die for perfect people. But the truth is, marriage is between a man and a woman, but I'm telling you, God loved people so much. And do not ever question God's love for people, because God sent Jesus and Jesus died for people who didn't deserve it, including me. And so you can bring it all back to, we all need the grace of God. But you don't have to compromise truth. Once we compromise truth, it's a slippery slope. And you know what? Here's the thing. The Word of God never changes. See, society, them goalposts keep changing. So once you start changing, you're going to have to keep changing. Amen? All I'm saying is this, we are to be the salt of the earth. Amen? 
but we're also to be the light of the world. And so we are the light of the world, and the light of the world is, it, it lets us know what's the life of Jesus shining through us. So we are to shine the life of Jesus everywhere we go. Let people see the difference that Jesus has made in our lives. Let people see that we are woke. We're woke to the things of God. Let people see that we are alive to the things of God. That we love that the Word of God changes us. And yet it didn't change us and make us into an idiot. It changed us and made us into someone that's sensible, who loves people, cares for people. It made a difference in our lives. Receiving Jesus I always say Jesus is not a minus, Jesus is a plus in our lives. So praise God. So can we reach the lost? Absolutely. We're going to have to learn how to reach the lost in our generation. Sometimes people make this statement, I'm going to reach the lost at any cost. I'm not. I'm not. Because once you go down to reaching the lost at any cost, you start changing things and compromising to reach the lost. I'm going to reach the lost the way God says. I'm not going to change what the Word says. Because you know what happens is if we don't teach believers what the Word says, just let 10 years go by and this up-and-coming generation don't know what they believe. Because we were too busy changing the goalposts to reach this generation. And then the next generation in 10 years, they'll be further away if the trend goes the way it's going. No, we need to stick with the Word of God. The Word of God hasn't changed. Amen. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the Word, and He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we are not to be asleep among the dead. We are to be, let me put it this way, we are to be awake among the dead. Amen. Over in... Um, 1 Peter chapter 2, it tells us there in verse 12, it tells us there to have our conversation honest among the Gentile, among the world. So what are we to do? We're to have an honest conversation. But I love this phrase that says among. Sometimes Christians have the idea of, don't touch me, I might get contaminated. You ever be around that mindset of, you know what, um, you know, I can't mix with people because, you know what, uh, you know what, it's this contamination. You see, there's many Christians are like that. There's many Christians, they don't mix with people. They want to have their own weak community. Some Christians just want to have church as their life, but they don't want to be effective outside of church. Some people are great shining for Jesus with all the other candles being salt with all of the other salt. But then when we go to work, we go to school, we go to other places, we don't shine the same. But you know what? When we come together, it's meant to encourage us so that when we go to the world, we be effective. So we're not to isolate ourselves from people. Let me tell you, the Word of God is meant to insulate you so that when you go to the world, you stay being the influence. You see, when we go into the world, it's all about influence. Now, I like to put it this way. If you're going to reach the world, and many have a heart for souls, every hand should be up in this place. Everyone should be saying, I want to see people saved. And he's got family that need to be saved, friends. You know what, life's short. There's a young man that, that I grew up with, passed away yesterday. Life is short. Life is so short. We all need a heart for the lost, every last one of us. We all need to see people saved. But if you're going to reach the lost, let me put it this way, if you're going to go to the world, first of all, go to church. Do you know why? Because church equips you for going to the world. I've seen people get saved, and you know what they do? Especially people who come out of hard backgrounds, maybe drugs or stuff like that there. And you know what they do? They go back straight into those environments. And you know what happens is they're willing in their head 
but they haven't got enough word in them to protect them when they go there. You understand? See, the Word of God protects us. It's not about being isolated from people. Let the Word get in you. I know what the Word does. The Word starts insulating you. And I've found people who come out of backgrounds, when they allowed the Word of God to become a foundation in their life, many of them went back into those backgrounds again down the line and were very effective. But you know what it is? you know what keeps us? The Word. Jesus prayed in John 17, and He says, Father, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but I'm praying that you keep them from the evil that's in the world. And now I'm sending them the way you sent me. So we have been sent. Every one of us have a commission to go to our world, wherever that is. You have a sphere of influence every week that I don't have, that the person beside you doesn't have. You people in your circle every week that other people do not have in their circle. But we have in our circle. And Jesus is saying, I'm sending them, Lord, just the way you sent me. But he said, keep them from the evil. And then he says this, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You see, if you're going to go to the world, you have to first of all go to the word. You have to allow the word to get on the inside of you. See, that's why for believers, our mission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel, but it's also to teach all nations. So if you're going to be effective in the world as a believer, you have to allow the Word of God to be your foundation. You have to have a love for the Word of God. You have to get the Word of God in you so that you know who you are in Christ Jesus. You have to get the Word of God in you so that you know things like the armor of God, so that you know God's love for you. Amen. So that you know about the grace of God. That's the very thing you're going to bring when you go to the world. So that you've got a good foundation of God's Word in your life. Why? Because that protects you. Praise God for the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I'll tell you, the Word of God has absolutely changed my life. Amen? But I've found when people wake up, one of the things you wake up to is you wake up to that reality of how God sees things, and you start seeing that people need Jesus. It's amazing how much strife leaves when you focus on winning souls, because the drama is not as important. They said this, and that one did this, and this one said that, and that one did that. Do you see when you want to see souls saved? The bar comes higher. Proverbs 11 and verse 30, it says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that wins souls is wise. It's wisdom to have a heart for the lost. Amen? You ever see the film The Matrix? Yeah? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great film, there's, but there's a real reality to it. I'm not going to get into the depth of it all here because, like, Many people who watch it can't even figure it out themselves. <laughs> One of them films has a lot of layers to it. But what it really is showing is the reality, and then there is what people think is a reality, but it's not really real. They're actually trapped in a system. Just like people who aren't saved, they're trapped in a system, and they don't know that the reality that they're in, there's a higher reality. But there's a, a, a guy in it called Morpheus. There's another guy called Neo. And Neo's like a kind of like a Messiah figure in, the, in it. But he is offered, the, um, he's offered like two pills. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's the blue pill and there's the red pill. And if you take the blue pill, you just live with your head stuck in the sand and you stay in this reality. But if you take the red pill, you wake up to what really is true. I know whenever I met Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of my life, or a different reality came into my life. And then when I got into the Word of God, it opened it all up to me, and I got the knowledge of it. And I'm telling you, do you see, when you see, you can't unsee. See, when you wake up, it's like, you know, you can't see things the same anymore. Like, the Bible tells us, you know, to enjoy things. God gives us richly all things to enjoy. You can enjoy things. God wants you to enjoy things. You know, if you like football, enjoy football. If you like fashion, enjoy that. And whatever, you enjoy things in life. We're meant to enjoy things in life. 
But we should enjoy it knowing the true reality. We should be awake to the things of God. And I'm telling you, do you see when you wake up, one of the things you become awake to is souls. You start seeing people completely different. The Bible tells us don't see people after the flesh anymore. Do you know what that means? Don't see people in their color. Don't see people in their status. Don't see people in all of those kind of things. Get rid of all of that. When you wake up, you start seeing people as someone that knows Jesus or doesn't know Jesus. You start seeing people as in Adam or in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we just, our, our mindset becomes different. We see that if people come against us, we realize that our battle is not with flesh and blood. We realize that, you know, there's a, there's a God of this world, Satan. And he can stir people up at times. Well, we're meant to, and I know we can get hurt in life. We all can get hurt in life. But the bottom line is we start seeing that people need Jesus. I encourage you to take the red pill of God's word. It'll wake you up. Have your own matrix film. Live it. Once you take the word of God in you, you will never see life the same again. It's like getting a new set of glasses to where you see what God's eyes when you start looking at life. You see what God's eyes when you start looking at people. Praise God. Now, let me look at something here just for a moment this morning. Let me look over in Acts chapter 18. Praise God. Amen. This is when um, Paul came to Corinth. And when Paul came to Corinth, what happened was when he got to Corinth, Paul's traveling. He ended up, he was very low in money at this stage, and that's the, the portion of Scripture. Do you remember when Paul went back to making tents? And he ends up making tents just to, to get a few quid coming in. Um, but really, that's not where God wanted Paul. He wasn't meant to be back making tents, but you know what he was doing? Whatever had to be done at that time. Paul's call was to go and reach people and to preach the gospel and to teach people. But Paul ends up, he makes tents for a period of time. But then Timothy comes from the church in Macedonia. They give a gift. And Paul, when he received that gift, what Paul did, the Bible says he was pressed in the spirit and he went back to preaching full throttle, okay? So he starts preaching the gospel in this area down in Corinth. And Paul always went to the Jew first, and then he went to the Gentiles. So he'd go to the synagogues, he would share the gospel. What happened was they didn't want to hear it, so the Gentiles did want to hear it. And so Paul starts preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. And you start seeing a move of God starting to happen down in this area. Let me tell you, the Word of God brings change. And so Paul starts preaching. And then over here in verse Acts chapter 18, verse 7, it says, And he departed thence, and it says, And he entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshipped God. And it says his house was joined hard to the synagogue. So this was like the synagogue. That's like the equivalent of the gathering place like us this morning, but only for the Jewish people. And so you had this house that was joined to the side of it. And so on the one side, you had the Jewish religion. The other side, you have this man. You know what? He's worshiping God. Paul goes in and stays with this man. There's a move of God starting to happen in this area. But then something happened. Even though the, the Jewish people in the synagogue, they didn't want to hear Paul preach, but the Jewish leader of the synagogue ended up getting saved. I'm telling you, you know there's a move of God when religious people get saved. And the Bible says that this man's name was Crispus. And it says, And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. So this man, Crispus, who was the chief ruler of the synagogue, he got saved. Let me tell you, religion can't save anybody. Only Jesus can save. It's not about religion. It's about Jesus. Jesus didn't die to start a religion. Amen. It was not a religion he started. 
Praise God, he died for us. He died for everyone. There's not going to be different sections in heaven of different for where people came out of. It's all about the people who received Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. Now, this man, Crispus, he was the ruler of the synagogue, but after this, he wasn't. <laughs> I always say this here because it always amazes me that how so many people who are Christians get saved and then want to go back to religion for some blessing. And so that amazes me. My mom was steeped in religion. She came out of religion. And there was a, 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 a back in, this would, would have been like in the um, 80s, there was a, a minister was trying to bring religious people into the church to speak to Christian people who weren't, they, the religious person wasn't saved. They just had religion. And my mom said, I came, ba- I came out of darkness. I'm not going back into it. Why do people go back looking a blessing? Look, if Jesus can't give it to you, you don't need it. Amen? I don't get it. (laughs) Sorry for being serious. (laughs) But I don't get it. I don't get it when people walk with Jesus and go to church, a church like this, and then when it comes to the time they're dying, they organize for religion to bury them. This man, Crispus, was the chief ruler of the synagogue, but if you keep reading in the chapter, there's a new one. And what's good is when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, both of them end up in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 because religion didn't give them the answer. Jesus did. And both of those leaders got saved. Crispus, he left the synagogue and he started Tato Crisps. No, um, it's only joking. <laughs> no, he didn't. He, he, but you see him right in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. But what happens is there's a whole stirring in this area. And the pressure was on Paul. Let me tell you, just like in our generation, if you stand for what the, the gospel is in our generation, you may get persecuted. There may be people who don't like what you say now. Fifteen years ago, no one would have added an eyelid. Now when you say you love Jesus, there's so much stereotypes today with that. And the pressure was on Paul. And Paul had a vision. And look what it said here in the vision. Verse 9. It says, Then spake the Lord to Paul in a night vision. And it said, Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. That means don't close this. Keep sure don't hold back. Keep sure. It says, for I am with you. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter where society's with you. All what matters is, is Jesus with you. And no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. Praise God, there's protection. And I love this phrase, for I have much people in this city. Why do we need to keep sharing the gospel? because there's much people in this area who need Jesus. That's what it's all about. Paul said there's much people in this area who need Jesus. Amen? Why does your life need to be effective? Because your friends need Jesus. Your family needs Jesus. Your boss needs Jesus. Maybe you don't like them. Maybe your personalities clash. But maybe you're there to reach them. Amen? Now, Paul stayed here, and there was a mighty move of God in this area. I love this here. Look what it says in, the, in the, verse 11. It says, and he continued there a year and six months, months, and what did he do? Teaching the Word of God among them. See, Paul reached them, and then he taught them. Amen? He reached them, and then he taught them. Unsaved people need to hear the gospel. Saved people need to get into the Word and let the Word start transforming their mind. Amen. I wish I could just whip out a wee thumb drive here today and you came up one by one and I just stuck it into your brain 
And you know what? And your mind was renewed and you walked out the door and we'll go next person. I wish we could do that. The reality of it is, is you'll be renewing your mind for the rest of your life. The Bible says it's line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little and there a little. It is step by step. It's building blocks. You may think if you're saved, you know, a short time, you may think, am I ever going to get it? Every time you come to church, it's like a few bricks are laid. And then you come again, there's a few bricks are laid. And then you come again, and there are a few bricks are laid. And after a while, things start clicking into place. And I tell you, after a while, you start thinking different. After a while, you start talking different. What is it? It's the Word of God. When I first got into the Word of God, I often shared... I couldn't understand one thing that I was hearing. Not one thing, even though I grew up in church. But I got a lot of, you know, just like, just the stories, simple stories. But I didn't understand a lot of stuff because I carried on in church. And because I was there, but I wasn't there, you understand? But when I got saved, I had a hunger for God's Word. But I couldn't understand it. I couldn't grasp it. But what I did was I just made my mind up that if I keep exposing myself to it, bit by bit it's going to get in, and I stuck with it. And I used to listen to tapes, and I couldn't, back in the day it was tapes. Okay, I'm giving the age away now. <laughs> tapes, all the young ones are going, tape, what, tape? What can, what's he talking about? Is he putting up posters, what? Because they think tape is... <laughs> <laughs> no, tapes for listening to stuff. And back then... Some of you used to, yeah, I, had, I, used to have a, I used to wear a Walkman in work. Now I don't wear a Walkman, now I have buds in my ear. But I'm still doing the same thing. But I used, to, um, I used to work in a factory years ago. In the beginning, whenever I got saved, those first few years. And I used to get tapes from church and different things, and I would listen to them. And I used to have a locker in work. And I just used to keep bringing tapes in. And when the bag got big, I took it home and I started again. And I wasn't allowed to wear earphones. But the good thing was I was in a food factory and used to wear one of my nets on your head. So I used to slip the earphones up the back of me. And in there, I just had a hunger for God's Word. And I'd have the net over my things and the earphones, no, the, the earplugs on, or the, the protection things. And I'd have the, ear, the things in it. And I'd put my collar up. I was hungry for God's Word, but I didn't understand a lot of stuff, but I kept listening. And after a while, it just started connecting. I always say it was like dot to dots. I would have a dot here and a dot here and a dot there, and they were all different messages. Listen to, but I couldn't piece it all together. And then all of a sudden, I see not dot goes to this and not goes to that. And after a while, it started to become real to me. And that's 30 years ago. And I still listen non-stop. Like this morning, I woke up and Donna went, there's your best friend. And what was it? It was one of the ear pods because I go to bed every night listening to the Word. It's just a, it's a passion. But you know what? I, I can't change your life. Amen. But I'm telling you, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, there's a freedom that comes when you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. You're free from the kingdom of darkness. Amen. You are saved. You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. Amen. Only Jesus can set you free. Amen. So there's a freedom in the new birth. And then there is a freedom that comes from the Word. You'll know the truth. And the truth is not having a Bible. You'll know the truth. It's not just having a Bible. It's the truth that you know is going to set you free. Amen? And it brings freedom into our lives. So what did Paul do? He, he um, reached people, and then he taught. Amen. Let me just in close. I just want to do one thing here, and I'm going to close this morning. And if you look over in Corinthians as well, and I'm not going to get into it this morning, but you look at the people that Paul reached. Paul reached people that were from every background, every type of sin. All of the cultural sins today, that's what was happening in Corinth, and Paul reached them. Let me tell you, don't disqualify anybody from the gospel because of their lifestyle. Paul said, and such were some of you. 
but you are washed. Let me tell you, the blood of Jesus washes all sin. It washed mine, it can wash somebody else's. Amen. Let me just give these here in closing this morning. Here's just a couple of things on winning souls. A couple of principles. Number one, give people love and grace they do not deserve. Don't give people what they deserve. Give them love and grace that they do not deserve. Amen? Number two, you know, if you have family members and they don't listen to you, you don't need to bash them over the head. You start praying labors across their path. Sometimes people will fight with their family. Look, my dad didn't want to hear me telling him about Jesus. Okay? My dad said to me, look, Paul, he said, he says, Paul, a month ago, you were where I am now. I'm not ready, just like a month ago, you aren't ready. That woke me up. Because you know what I was doing? I was fighting with him. Because I wanted to see him saved, so I was fighting with him. But you know what? That didn't mean to say I couldn't still be involved in seeing him get saved. So what I do is started praying labors across his path, and that's what the Bible tells us to do. Pray you the Lord of the harvest. But he had sent labors, and then I pray, God, make me a labor for someone as well, someone else's family. So I prayed for God, surround my dad with Christians. And boy, did he surround him with Christians. He went to work in a place. I was there as well. There was that many Christians on the site that they called, they called us the God Squad. Then he started working with a good friend of mine who's a, a, a believer who lived in Ballinasloe at one time and then moved up to the north of Ireland and ends up working with my dad. Then he started going out and sitting with a mechanic man. And the mechanic was a believer, and I didn't know this, but he used to talk to my dad about Jesus all the time. And then my dad got saved. Praise the Lord. Amen. And then I met the mechanic at the funeral, and he said to me, do you know your dad used to sit with me and we'd talk about Jesus? Then my dad told me one day, he says, I got this notion that I wanted to go and visit all of the churches in the country. We didn't know he was doing it. He was doing it in the background, and we didn't know God can be working on people. Amen. Here's the third thing whenever you're ministering to people. Pray for a key. There's always something that unlocks someone's heart. The gospel stays the same, but the entrance into a person can be different. It's like Jesus with a woman at the well. He got to talk to her and it opened up the door. Jesus with Nathaniel. Whatever Nathaniel was doing under that tree, it opened the door and the gospel was able to come in. There's always a key into someone's life. And when you pray, that's why we need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead our lives. Amen? Here's another one. If somebody's not ready, give them room. Give them room. If you push people, you push them further away. Jesus went to um, Gennesaret, and the demoniac was set free. The pigs all run off the cliff. The people come to Jesus and tell him to leave. You know what amazes me? Jesus got in the boat and left. But he came back. You see, sometimes people just need space. And then they'll be open. The next time Jesus came back to Gennesaret, the people received him. Some people just need room. If they're not ready, let me tell you, we're fishing. You can't catch a fish that's not hungry. That's why I say some people, somebody, you meet someone, you say, you know, if you're on the street and you say, I'd like to give you a wee leaflet, would you like that leaflet? And they say, no. You say, take that leaflet. You say, no, take that leaflet. And then you're running down the street with a leaflet like a lunatic. Take the leaflet. It's the end of the world. 
They don't want to hear it. You know what it is? They think, what an idiot. Give me my space. People have a right to their space. Amen? The next one is this. Stop being God. You want to line this up, and then they'll speak this one, and then that'll happen, and then they'll, get, and then, and then, and then they'll go to church. Stop being God. It'll frustrate you. Just be the light of the world. My mom used to do everything to try and get me into church. Usually it was, Paul, there's a good-looking girl. As a teenager, hormones raging, there's a good-looking girl. I'd have went for the girl. <laughs> but she used to do all them things, but that, didn't, that wasn't that saved that brought me to the place. You couldn't have lined up how I got saved. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is able to minister to people's lives. Amen. Do you see, the Holy Spirit is the only one who can reprove the world of that sin, that one sin of needing Jesus. It's only one sin that sends a person to hell. That's the rejection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because every sin has been paid for, but you have to receive the payment. Amen? And don't ever think that you have committed the unpardonable sin. The unpardonable sin a Christian cannot commit. It. The unpardonable sin is rejecting Jesus. And here's the last one. When you do get the opportunity, take it. When someone's ready, take it. Amen. Sometimes people are like a cherry ready to fall off, and we can miss the opportunity. But I'm telling you, when we do get the opportunity, whether it's in work, wherever it is, with family, when someone opens up, you always know when someone starts opening up because they start asking you the questions. When they start saying, why do you do this? That's an opportunity to start talking to someone. You might not go straight like, you know, for the kill kind of a thing. You may be fishing and, you know, they're playing around it and you see a fisherman and he's playing. He knows the fish is hungry. And he starts talking to them. And then there's the time whenever they're talking and they're talking and you go, have you ever made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life? Would you like to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life? And you go, and they say, yes, I'd love to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. Amen? See, that's what it's about. It's about not winning the argument. It's about winning the person. Amen? But my kids, they don't want to go to church. But if you're hounding them every day, if they're fighting with you and fighting with you, just give them space. Let God be God in their life. It's different when they're young and they go everywhere with you. When they get a bit older and they're maybe resisting and fighting, if everything's a fight, don't be fighting about Jesus. But you can still shine. You don't have to be fighting with someone. You just shine. You live your life for Jesus. People can see it. Amen. Everybody can see Jesus in your life. Everybody can see that you love God. Everybody can see that no matter what happens in life, thick or thin, you love Jesus. Jesus has brought you through, brought you through, brought you through. People are watching you. Family's watching you. Amen? Praise God for Jesus. Amen.